Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. God's word for today from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is God's word. I invite you to pray with me. Direct us now, O gracious Lord, to hear aright your holy word. Assist your minister to preach and let the Holy Spirit teach, and let eternal life be found by all who hear the gospel sound. Amen. Please be seated. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. When people say that they are blessed, what is the evidence they are looking for that leads them to that conclusion? What are they looking at to say to themselves or to others, I am blessed? It's been my observation that people usually say that because of two reasons. One, something that they have. And two, something that they've accomplished. So something that they have, got a roof over our heads. I'm blessed. Got a cabin up north. I'm blessed. Something that they have. Something that they can look around and perceive and say, I have this, therefore I am blessed. Or they might look at that they are blessed because of something that they accomplished. I worked hard at my job and now I got a promotion. I'm blessed. I worked hard to raise my children and now they call me on Mother's Day and Father's Day. I'm blessed. Maybe they call more often. Hopefully they call more often. Right? Just the idea of something that you've looked at and you're perceiving, you're looking at something that you've accomplished and saying, I am blessed. Now, as you look at those reasons why people say they are blessed, it falls under the first article of the Apostles' Creed. And what I mean by that is, in the first article of the Apostles' Creed, we say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in this, we stayed with our Christian faith, saying that God not only just created this world, but he also keeps it going. His providence is, is, is keeping things going. He gives us gifts and talents and abilities to keep this world going. We have abilities to work, and God provides us through that. So even in those two things, when I said of the things they have and the things that they've accomplished, Christians look at those things and say, I have those things and I've accomplished those things because God gave them to me. He gave me the ability to work. He blessed my efforts. I am blessed. Now, when you get to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, 
It's a grave mistake if we think we are blessed because of the first article things. That that's the reason why Jesus speaks those words. Because, to be honest, if you're looking at all of those first article things, there's, there's some sort of activity going on, right? God gave me ability, I use that ability. God gave me a job, I work at that job. God gave me children, I work at those children. I'm doing some effort, I'm putting something in. Yes, God gave me the ability, but I'm doing something. As we look at Matthew chapter 5 and Jesus saying that we are blessed, we could come away and think that we've got to do something in order to get this blessing. And that's a grave mistake. But unlocking these, unlocking this uh, text is by looking at it in terms of the second article of the Apostles' Creed, which deals with Jesus, who he is and what he has done, and the third article of the Apostles' Creed, which deals with the Holy Spirit, who he is, what he has done. Jesus is our salvation. He worked our salvation. He died for us, second article. The Holy Spirit brings us to faith, not by our own thinking or choosing, but by his activity in our lives and keeps us in that true faith. That's the third article. Understanding that Jesus in Matthew 5 is speaking about things in terms of the second article and the third article really opens this text up for us. Now, Jesus, on this Mount of Beatitudes, wherever the Mount of Beatitudes is, we're not sure where, somewhere outside of Capernaum, he, he has got the crowd around him. He's taking advantage of, the, of, the, uh, of, of the, the area that he's at. He goes on top of a mountain, so, or up on the mountain, so people can see him and his voice can project. And he begins by telling them about what it means to be blessed. And even in that, he's, being, he's turning, overturning conventional wisdom of the time. Because conventional wisdom at the time says you're blessed if you are rich, if you have power, if you have influence. And if you notice, there's nothing about riches in Matthew 5. Nothing about power in Matthew 5. Nothing about influence. In fact, it's the opposite, right? You don't get to influence others. That's not the reason why you're blessed. You're blessed when people do bad things to you. So he's overturning conventional wisdom by talking about being blessed in a different way. And as we understand it through the second article and the third article, we'll really, it'll really open up for us. So let's walk through it. The first thing he says is, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Again, it's so quickly to think, well, I've got to do something. What do I have to do, pastor, in order to be poor in spirit? What do I, what's the list that I've got to follow? What's the checklist that tells me now I am poor in spirit? But it's not about you making yourself pure, poor in spirit. It's about the Holy Spirit making you poor in spirit. You and I think that the things that we do somehow merit some favor with God that, that somehow we get to go to heaven because we're good people and the Holy Spirit dispenses of all of that, reminding us that we are, through God's word, we are sinners. Offensive to God. All our righteous acts are like filthy rags, garbage. But the Holy Spirit doesn't just empty us to make us poor in spirit so that we realize we've got nothing to offer, but then the Holy Spirit gives us heaven through Jesus and what he has done. Second article. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those whom the Holy Spirit has worked through the means of grace that they would seek, like we've confessed at the beginning of this worship service, we are sinners. 
so that he can give us salvation, the kingdom of heaven, through what Jesus has done. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. You know, there's a saying that wells stands for we enjoy looking serious. As if that's what it means to be a Christian, that we are sad all the time and not happy. What Jesus is talking about, blessed are those who mourn, talks about a breaking of a relationship. When a relationship is broken, there is mourning, isn't there? A mourning over what has been lost, maybe a mourning of what brought you to that point. What are we mourning? Our attachment to this world. Show of hands, how many of you, when looking at the news, are sad that you are a member of the human race. Right? Blessed are those who mourn. What are we going to do with that information? We look and, and say, it's terrible to be on this world. This world is filled with sin. What are we going to do with that information? Well, uh, one strategy would, would be to say, well, things were much better when the good old days were here. And the good old days are usually whenever that individual was eight or nine years old. The good old days. They were the good old days because you were not aware of all of the sin that was going around. You were eight or nine years old. You didn't know about all the tragedies going on in the world. You weren't watching the news. The world has always been a place of sin and destruction. People doing terrible things to one another. Blessed are those who mourn, who say, world, this relationship has got to stop. I'm too tied to you. My identity has been tied too much to how you're doing. It's time for us to break. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Well, then what are we looking forward to? If we're we're no longer looking at the world to turn its corner, to get better, if we're no longer looking at this world and instead saying this world is, is filled with sin and will continue to be with sin, What are we going to be looking forward to then? Jesus coming back again. Creating a new heaven and a new earth at the end of all things. A new planet. Without sin. Without news that that brings us down. With people who love and care for one another. That's what we're looking forward to. That's the comfort that we have right now that because of Jesus, we have to look forward to a new heaven and a new earth. The home of righteousness. That gives us comfort. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. This, of course, is a perfect passage for you to say to someone else, right? You've got to be meek, me not so much. You've got to be gentle, me not so much. Today we've been uh, in a Bible class, we talked about, uh, on the freedom of the Christian, one of Luther's tracts that he wrote. 
And, he ha- and in that statement, he had two very contradictory statements. One, he said, the Christian is a free Lord of all, subject to none. And second statement, the Christian is a servant of all, subject to all. We like the first one. Not so crazy about the second one. But the first one helps us do the second one. Also what Jesus is talking about. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who recognize that they have a Savior in heaven who's going to work all things out for their good. That nothing can truly hurt them or take away their heavenly inheritance that can take away their sins being forgiven, that can take away a God who is by their side, who is advocating, who is in their corner, who is working all things out, yes, even tragedy, even sad things, even things that just make us cry and not sleep at night. God is still with us. We have nothing to fear. Take they our lives, good fame, child or wife. Let these all be gone. The victory is won. We're lords of all. Nothing can hurt us. And because of that, we can look at our neighbor and say, how can I help you? Because we have every confidence that God is on our side. What keeps us from helping our neighbor? What keeps us from loving our neighbor is our own selfishness. I've got to watch out for me. I've got to watch out for my own interests. If I'm nice to them, they'll walk all over me. You've got a God who is in your side. Who loves you, second article. Died for you, second article. And will keep you in the true faith until life everlasting, third article. In the new heavens and the new earth, it will be yours. You'll win in the end. You've got a God on your side. You've got a victory to look forward to. It's much easier to be servants of all when you realize, because of Jesus, we are lords of all. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Sounds a lot like what we talked about in poor in spirit. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, of course. We're gonna, some people are going to think, well, I've got to do this. What, how do, what's the checklist for being hungry and thirsty for righteousness? Again, it's the Holy Spirit who is bringing that hunger to us through word and filling us up with the righteousness which is Christ. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Mercy begets or creates more mercy. In the Lord's Prayer, we pray, forgive us our sins or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who sin against us or who trespass against us. And oftentimes we can get the mistaken idea that because if I forgive others, then God will forgive me. Like it's some if-then statement. But mercy breeds more mercy. The only reason why we can forgive anybody else is because, first of all, we've been forgiven by God. Mercy breeds more mercy. This happens in marriage relationships and families. When kids, when you teach kids, say you're sorry, 
Teach them also to say, I forgive you. Husbands and wives, as you're talking with one another, yeah, it's difficult to even say to your spouse, I'm sorry. But how empowering it is to say to your spouse, I forgive you. Mercy breeds more mercy. And then your children, as they get older and you do something and you say to them, I'm sorry. What are they going to say back to you? What they've been taught, what they've been modeled? I forgive you. And oftentimes for the Christian, just saying those words helps you emotionally to do what you know you should be doing. I forgive you. Why? Because Christ forgave me. Because God forgives me. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. How awesome is it when God's people, whether that be inside of a home or inside of a church, confess their sins to one another and then say to each other, I forgive you. The power to live as God's children comes from that wonderful message of forgiveness. That our slates have been wiped clean. That people have let go of their right to get even with us. That God has let go of his right to get even with us. Never saying that what happened was okay but always saying that we don't hold it against them anymore. Mercy breeds more mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, because they will see God. Again, not the checklist, what do I have to do in order to be pure in heart, but how does God create a pure heart within us? A lot of things we've been talking about, how he empties us of our own self-perceived righteousness, how he empties of us, of, of, uh, of our pride and our ego, and fills us up with Christ. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. We see Jesus as he is, our God and our Savior. And because Jesus lived a perfect life for us, we will see him as he is, as John writes. We will see Jesus face to face because of the work of the Holy Spirit on our hearts. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. It's so difficult to bring two people together when they're at war, when they're at war with one another, when they're not getting along. But imagine the great divide that happened between us and God and how God brought us back together with him. And the great mission of this church and all Christian churches to share with others of this great divide so that they can, we can talk about the great goodness of, what, of our God and what he had done for us by sending Jesus to die for us. We are God's ambassadors. We are children of God. Now, if you haven't gotten the point yet, that is not what we do that makes us blessed. If you haven't gotten the point yet that you are blessed because of what Jesus has done and what the Holy Spirit continues to do through word and sacrament, and that it's not about what you perceive or what you see, we've got verses 10 to 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
What do you think is the result of Christians being Christians in this world? What's the result? What happens? Prayerfully, we pray that more people would become children of God like us. But we also acknowledge that there will be those who fight against it and fight against God's children. We will be persecuted. That's not a pleasant thought. As we talked about in Bible class today, well, Jesus was put on the cross and he says, no servant is above his master. Not a very pleasant thought to think of. But we still are blessed because of Jesus. Because the kingdom is ours forever. Because nothing that anybody does to us can hurt or take away what God has done for us in Christ. We have heaven. We have forgiveness. We have God in our corner, on our side. Nothing that anybody else can do to us will ever, ever, ever touch that. We are blessed. The kingdom is ours. Today on All Saints Day, we think about what it means to be blessed. And how, yes, we're blessed because of what the God the Father has done for us, giving us abilities and, and uh, ability to work and ability to provide for ourselves and has blessed the fruits of our hands. But we also see how God has blessed us through his Son, Jesus Christ, and through the sending of the Holy Spirit through word and sacrament. And as we remember those who have gone before us, we see God was just as faithful to them as he was to us. They are very much, every, in every way, just as blessed as we are because of Jesus. Blessed are the children of God. Amen.